Hey, I'm Spencer Powell and welcome to Remodeler Stories, where we highlight remodelers. Every remodeler has a unique story and journey and we can all learn from each other. Stay tuned for a mix of inspiration, tactical tips, unique strategies, and some laughter. The remodeling business is tough, but rewarding, and we're all in this together. Let's kick this thing off. Before we get into today's show, let's talk about our show sponsor, Remodeler Growth Community. Remodeler Growth Community is a peer-to-peer networking group exclusively for remodelers. For a low monthly fee, you get access to some of the best minds in the industry, life-changing business strategies, and the ability to connect and learn from people who've walked the path you walk. Go to remodelercommunity.com to enroll today. 100% satisfaction guaranteed or your money back, so there's absolutely no risk to you. Go to remodelercommunity.com to enroll today. Today, I sit down with Anthony Virzi of East Coast Construction Group. Growing up, Anthony was always surrounded by construction and got his first taste of the industry while working as a laborer for his father's commercial construction company in Manhattan, New York. After receiving a Bachelor of Science in Architecture from Philadelphia University and a master's degree in building construction from the University of Florida, Anthony decided it was time to chase his own dreams while continuing his family's construction legacy. Founded on a set of values that were proving to be scarce in the South Florida construction industry, East Coast Construction Group aimed to set themselves apart by not only delivering the highest quality projects, but by creating value through relationships. Customer service and open lines of communication stand at the forefront of what East Coast represents on a daily basis. It is through a level of mutual respect between owner, contractor, and trade partners that East Coast has been able to consistently deliver the finest projects and overall experience for their clients. Now for my conversation with Anthony Beersy. Hey, Anthony, welcome to the show. Hey, Spencer. Glad to be here. Give everyone a quick rundown. You know, who are you? What's the company and where are you guys located? So my name is Anthony Berzy. I am the president of East Coast Construction Group down here, South Florida. Home office is based out of Boca Raton, Florida. And our operating area for the most part is from West Palm Beach, Florida, and right now all the way down to Sunny Isles Beach, Miami. So pretty good stretch. Sounds um, like a nice place. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Sunny South Florida doing this podcast with you from my patio. It was a little little warm today, but not anything we're not accustomed to. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Well, what kinds of projects are you guys working on these days? So we have, I guess, a little bit of history for me. After graduating master's in building construction, I worked for a big commercial construction company and we really only did, you know, I was a PM for them. We did 80 plus million dollar projects, half a million square feet, a lot of big commercial stuff. So I kind of was pigeonholed only seeing that one avenue. And then when we started this company, that was kind of the difference is I didn't want to be, you know, contrary to what everybody says, I didn't want to be just a niche player only doing residential remodel or just kitchens or just this. So actually in the five years we've been in business down here, we've done, you know, 4,000 foot, 4,500 foot new custom home on the waterfront. We've done a ton of luxury remodels. We've done tenant fit outs. We've done major commercial renovations. We do a lot of tenant fit out. So we, we have a pretty wide breadth and that's kind of the way I like it. It keeps it interesting. It keeps everybody sharp and doesn't get dull saying kitchen and bathroom over and over and over and over. Although that shows up on every project, you know, luckily it's not the only thing we do. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, that's cool. Yeah. It sounds like you started it with the intention to not 
be super focused. I guess I'm curious what caused you to to start it, you know, and kind of jump ship and get the ball rolling. Freedom. Freedom. Right? Like I said, I was working for a big national general contractor down here and I was doing well, successful. You know, I was still pretty young, graduated from UF, 24 years old with a master, spent just shy of five years with them. But really for me, what pushed me out, you know, this story involves some profanity, so I can't tell you the way it all, all is. But it's my all wife good. We, we, you, you could swear on the show. So. <laughs> <laughs> my wife really was a, a big you know, proponent of me starting my own company because she was watching me drive. We were moving to be close to the projects that we were working on. So we were moving from apartment to apartment, one year lease at a time and you know, trying to get some roots and start a life. And she was trying to start a teaching career as an elementary school teacher. And really the straw that broke the camel's back, I was driving from basically from Boynton Beach to Brickell, Miami. So I was getting up at 4.30 every morning, getting in my car at 5.15 to drive down in the pitch black, which I-95 down here is like, it might as well be the Autobahn. It's terrifying. In that, you know, year and a half stint, I saw more cars on fire on 95 than I've ever seen in my life. Jeez. And the first meeting was 6.30 in the morning. So we were a full hour plus travel time to get down to the job. And then first meeting, 6.30 a.m. And then if I didn't get out of there before, you know, 4.30 to head back north, I was spending probably two and a half hours a day in my car. If it was a Friday, it was three and a half hours. Uh, and it's totally unproductive time, which was the thing that really killed me because first of all, you're driving, so you can't be sending emails or anything like that. And half of the journey is after five o'clock where no one's responding anyway. <laughs> yeah, so it's very unproductive. Yeah, it was just total waste. And, you know, it burnt me out. I got to the point where I was coming home and I was just miserable. And I'll tell you the whole story. So my wife is laying in bed one night and I'm griping like most men do about, you know, the things that are in our life that we feel are necessary, but we're not really happy with. And she rolls over and she says, you know, why don't you stop whining and just start your own fucking company? And I said, okay. Great. That was it. So I made a phone call. My father, who owned his own company in Manhattan, New York for about 45 years, he only did big commercial, a lot of really big, beautiful projects, a lot of really good experience. He was retired, playing a lot of golf, hanging out, living his good life up in New York. And I called him and I said, look, I, I have this you know, wild hair. I want to start my own company. I want to do my own thing. I said, what are you doing? He says, whatever you're doing, I'm doing. And I said, okay. I said, so you know, he had a condo down here and he would come down occasionally, but he wasn't here full time. And that really kind of jump-started him to come down here full-time, leave everything that was still up there in New York. I mean, he was retired, so he was just kind of hanging and came down. And it's been the best thing either of us have done, you know, in a long time. And my clients, I tell them, look, you're getting the best of both worlds, right? You're getting the seasoned vet, you know, who's been there, who's seen a lot of things that I haven't had the, you know, time where it's you know, opportunity to see. And then you're getting a young, ambitious, aggressive owner who wants to do a good job, who's fueled by building a reputation and all of these things. And people love the fact that, you know, it's a family owned company. It's a father and son. It's something we always wanted to do. And now we're making it happen. You know, so that's it cool. It was really the freedom. I didn't have kids. I didn't have anything, but it was the freedom of being able to say, 
I don't want to go to Miami. I don't want to drive to Miami every single day, or I don't want to drive to Orlando every single day. And being able to say, look, you know, that's out of our geographic area. We won't be able to service you as well as you deserve. And being able to make decisions like that and improve the quality of life for myself and now my family of two children and a wife. So right on, right on. Yeah, that's super cool. Well, I'm curious like what the the immediate like follow-up was to that call where he said, Yep, I'm I'm doing what you're doing. Like <laughs> how long from that call to like, hey, we've got the business up and running and now we're trying to find our first job. So the company itself started small, right? A lot of the relationships that I have weren't really applicable because we didn't have infrastructure or anything like that to go out and perform, you know, a 50, a hundred million dollar job. So residential kind of became our niche. And I tell people all the time, like whenever I hire a new guy, they're like, wow, you know, your office is beautiful. You have people here. Like, this is like, you know, real company and you're only 32 years old. And I say, look, all of this started with an $18,000 guest bathroom remodel. That's how it started. You know, one condo building down on the beach. We through some relationships, a client gave us a shot. We gave it everything we had. And, you know, we've turned out, we've done, I think, six or seven full gut condos in that building. We've done some work for the association. Hopefully today they're having a meeting and we'll be the successful winner of another project with them. So it really was, you know, from the time we had that conversation and we were, you know, operating out of our my house, his house, you know, kind of working at our counters, getting things rolling. Probably if I had to put a number on it, two to three months, you know, by the time we were up and rocking and rolling. And, you know, that was a time too, when we were trying to find trade partners and stuff that, that would work with us. So a lot of the work was done personally by me, you know, the specialty trade stuff, we were able to find some really great guys, but then a lot of the stuff, you know, wound up getting done by me with my own two hands. And that's kind of how it just built and grew into what it is today. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, what's it been like, you know, working with your dad? Cause I feel like this industry has a lot of family dynamics going on yeah. and, and family business can go either like really well or really poorly. So it sounds like it's gone really well, but I'm curious, like to hear some of the, the nuance. I've certainly heard my share of stories, you know, of people who work with family and they're like, Oh, don't ever work with family. Don't I? You know what? We really don't have that. You know, I love working with my father every single day. I learned so much from him. I mean, that guy, so much respect for his business acumen. Unbelievable. You know, he would kill me if he heard this, but you know, he can't, he's not the most hands-on technical guy, but I mean, business savvy, just, you know, things that you either learn the hard way or you don't learn accounting, you know, business practices, cash, all this kind of stuff. Like, you know, as a young guy, you've either got to dive in and have a really great mentor or you wind up learning a lot of things the hard way. And in construction, mistakes usually are pretty expensive. Yep. I call it the real world MBA, you know? Yeah. You're playing a pretty high stakes game here. You know, when you're not safety and all that aside, but I mean, you know, you're not talking about a couple hundred dollars here or there. You're talking about, you know, a mistake could cost you 30, 40 grand. You know, that hurts. So not having to learn that. I joke with him all the time. I'm like, we don't hire smart people like Steve Jobs. We don't hire smart people and tell them what to do. We hire them so they can tell us what to do. And he's kind of jokes because he's one of our employees, if you will. And I said to him, look, I'm not here because I have all the answers. I'm here with you because you're supposed to have those answers. Yeah. And I don't want to make the same mistakes that he made. And 
look, it's been a really great, we're coming up on five years. The first, you know, six months were pretty slow. We didn't really produce a lot of work in the second half of 17. So really I count it like four years. I mean, it's been awesome. It's been That's great. everything we wanted, you know, has its ups and downs, has its stress, but I can honestly say in five years, we have never had an argument. That's cool. Yeah. I, I had a really good experience working in, in the business with my dad too. And I feel like a lot of it, I mean, it's it's both sides of the equation. It takes both people, but he got to see interactions with his dad and his uncles and some things that didn't play out how right. he would have. And so he was able to take that and like then change it the way our dynamic shifted. And so having somebody that has that wisdom, kind of that tenure to be able to come in and just like be the guide is is invaluable. And I think I, you know, what I hear too, and maybe you know more about it than I do, but I think it's a mutual respect. If you approach it as the, I'm the father, you're the son kind of dynamic, then a lot of sons who are trying to build something for themselves aren't going to take kindly to that, you know? And we don't have that dynamic ever. We never have the, well, I've been doing this for so long. This is how we're going to, we never do that. You know, he'll actually come to me and ask me, well, how do you want to do this? And I'm like, really? You're asking me? And he's like, yeah. (laughs) I want a, I want a new, fresh perspective, you know, just because I did it like this for 30 years doesn't mean that's the right way to do it. So he is really grounded and open-minded. And although he's, today's his 68th birthday, he's, you know, a really sharp guy. And I really, I really appreciate everything he's done to help make this happen. That's fun. Yeah. I love, I love hearing the positive sides of the family stories because it can be very, very enjoyable. And sure. there's, you've already got the like level of trust and everything yep. built in. Hey guys, I know that if you listen to Builder Funnel Radio, you are hyper aware of the fact that the way people shop and buy, it's changed dramatically over the years. And for the last 10 years, really since I started doing all this, helping my uncle's remodeling division scale up from about 2 million to 10 million, We've been helping remodelers and builders and contractors all over the country really refine their marketing systems. And I recently decided to kind of bottle all of that up into my first book. And that book is called The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. And you can pick up a copy by going to the website, remodelermarketingblueprint.com. You can also search for it on Amazon or wherever books are sold online. But I highly recommend you go over to the website because we've got some cool book bonuses that go along with that if you pick up a few extra copies for your friends and colleagues or your teammates. So it would mean a lot to me if you've been listening to this podcast for a while or even just a few episodes, if you've ever gotten any value out of it, head over to remodelermarketingblueprint.com and snag your copy today. All right, let's get back to the show. Four or five years so far, like any really wacky client stories or weird projects <laughs> or or maybe just a really cool project, something you can share? So I remember somebody telling me that residential construction is great because it's different. You get a lot, you get to pay attention to a lot more details, but you got to deal with a lot more personality. You know, when we do a commercial build out, generally we have an owner's rep or an owner and it's very black and white. We're following drawings, things are picked out. To the point now where when we do, you know, a luxury remodel or whatever, we're actually putting forth a pre-construction agreement because we find that so many times we go into a job and 
well, how much is it going to cost? Well, have, have you picked out any finishes? Have you, you know, what we're using for tiles or countertops or any of that? No. And, you know, so now we spend so much more time up front with our clients picking things out. And I mean, I have had, I've had some really big name clients, which is pretty cool being a small guy and all this. And, you know, you see these people's names on a piece of paper and you're like, is that a coincidence? You know, and they're like, no, that's me. And I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> and yeah, you know, I don't want to name drop here live, but you know, it's, it's pretty cool. We've had some nut job clients for stories. Luckily, we've really only had that I can remember one client like that, where it really didn't matter what we did or how many times we redid it. I mean, we spent, I probably spent $20,000 of my own money redoing stuff to try to appease them and make them happy. And at the end of the day, it just wasn't going to happen no matter yeah. what we did. You know, that's the unfortunate part of a client based, you know, customer service business like this, like anything else, you know, but like I said, mistakes at that point are costing you 20, 30 grand, not 200 or $300. Yeah. Yeah. They're not cheap. We've been really fortunate. You know, we don't market, we haven't marketed until 2022. So fifth year in business, we did no marketing. The more I say it, the dumber I realized that it was, you know, to not do. But all of our success in the first, you know, years of our business was all just word of mouth. And, you know, we would wind up going to initial client meetings and they're like, I can't believe you called us back. I'm like, what are you talking about? Called like, of course we called you back. You called us. You left me a voicemail. Why would I not call you back? They're like, you don't understand. Like, you're the seventh person we called. Finally, we reached out to some friends and family and said, hey, do you know anybody? And they said, yeah, call this, you know, call Anthony. They just did my my house or my kitchen or whatever. And, you know, here you are. So I think for us, you know, that was a big kind of pat on the back that we didn't need to. And the way that I was looking at the company was we probably could have sustained and stayed where we were and never marketed. But for us, really, it's a growth move now to, you know, kind of expand our horizons and expand our, our network and our lead flow. Not that we don't love being referred. And obviously, you know, those clients are always great. We've never had an issue. We've never had a problem with a client that we were referred to. The only problem client we had, you know, came from basically a cold call and a, mm -hmm. a walk in off the street and, you know, they weren't vetted. We didn't know any of the same people. So I don't really have any horror stories, thankfully. That's you know, good. It's, yeah. it's, been a, it's been a good ride. Yeah. But the personalities to me, I'm pretty low key. My dad's a straight up New Yorker. I'm a, you know, moved here in South Florida. I was three and I've been here since. I try to take it easy. I try to respect everybody. And I think our clients try to do the same for us. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Well, you said you guys have some, some growth aspirations now, like what are the next three to five years look like for you guys where you're trying to go? I do enjoy the luxury remodel market because I think it makes us have to think a little bit more. I mean, anybody modeling will tell you that that's more complicated than a new build, right? And we've done both, you know, a new build, I can control everything. I can put it wherever I want. I can change it. I can cut it. I can this, I can that. You know, if I'm working on a 13 story penthouse condo in Sunny Isles, Miami, like I'm not moving plumbing stacks. You're not, you know, you're not core drilling holes through post-tension floors. So it's a lot more complicated. I really do enjoy it. And really where we're moving to more of a tenant fit out approach. We've got some really good relationships that are proving to be fruitful in our area. And I really like that niche for us. So we were a custom home builder. We did our home. Not to say if I never do one again, you know, I'd be okay. But for me, it was okay. 
it was fun. It was cool. It was had the grandeur and all that. But for us, I really think we enjoy luxury remodels. It's always something different. And I really do enjoy the commercial side because, you know, the projects are bigger. The level of professionalism is, is a little bit higher. I really enjoy playing in that, in that ballpark. And I think, you know, if we were going to focus efforts, we would focus them on bigger whole home remodels and luxury remodels, maybe try to move a little bit away from, you know, a kitchen here or there, although they are lucrative. Can't argue with that. And then maybe chase a little bit more of that commercial sector, you know, TI work. I kind of always said when I was starting this business that I wanted my name on the construction fence. And mm. luckily, you know, we've been fortunate in five years. I've had our company name on a construction fence in front of a major project. And that's pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a fun, a fun future to be striving towards and, and working on it. It always evolves and changes. So yeah, uh, it could be anything. It it could could turn into, you know, we only do medical work. I mean, who who knows? One of the things I've really, that's come to light here is just how important relationships are, you know, networking and stuff like that. And so many people, even we just started with the social media beginning of the year. So many people that I know that live, you know, within 25 miles of me that I grew up with, they're like, dude, we had no idea you were doing all this beautiful, crazy stuff. Like, come and do our house, come and, you know, all this stuff, like, you know, so really getting it out there and getting the name and building the brand. I don't know that my kids will ever want to take this company over. And if they don't, fine, but at least there'll be something there that they want it. They can have it. If they don't want it, you know, fine. It was a good run. We enjoyed it while we were here and we made it as big and beautiful as we could. So Yeah, that's cool. What do you think surprised you the most about business ownership and starting your own thing? I think I heard a lot of people, you know, when I was leaving the company I was with, they were trying to keep me and put me in contact with people who are owning their own company. And, you know, a lot of what I was hearing, well, you know, it's a, it's a lot of responsibility. It's a lot of, you know, decision-making. It's a lot of this. It's a lot of that. And I realize now that, you know, when you own a small company, five people, you touch everything. You know, you touch marketing, production, estimating, business development, you know, everything. I mean, my clients have my personal cell phone number. I think the surprise part for me was that somebody as young as I am was going to be able to make these decisions, make them well, fortunately. You know, we've made bad ones, sure, like anybody. But I guess the fact that, you know, if you really try and you really put the effort in and you really do what you say and you show up and you work hard and you know you take pride in what you do and you go the little extra mile maybe if it costs you a couple extra dollars or it means you don't make you don't make 30% you make 28% like whatever but you know you put in that extra effort i think that's what people remember that's what people want that's what sets you apart from the average joe you know you know a couple of guys in the pickup truck showing up and just doing this status quo job we try to be different. We try to give a personal attention the way I would want or the way I would want my wife to be treated if she hired a, a contractor or somebody to come into our home and do work. You know, that's kind of the way I look at it. It's a good way. I mean, and, and I think the example that you gave of like the person that's like, oh, you actually called back. Like sometimes the bar, sometimes the bar is set so low. It's like, yeah. just, just push a little bit past that and yep. you'll be surprised the reaction you get. It is amazing too. Like I, I listen to a lot of the industry podcasts and stuff. And I noticed that a lot of the 
content and stuff is for people from the Northeast or from the West or wherever, where, you know, the trades are, are a big deal. Not to say that we don't have that down here in Florida, but I think down here we just have, I had an employee who worked for me who was from Philadelphia. He came down here, he was with us for about a year and a half. He just left and went back up there. But he was like, everybody down here is a broker. You know, they're just brokering individual things. I'm like, well, being a general contractor is that to a sense if you're not self-performing work. I said, but, you know, how do you make yourself a better, more reliable, trustworthy, transparent broker that people actually want to work with? I was pretty surprised, you know, the reputation that this industry had when I got into it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a shame, but it is, you know, it is the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it is a shame, but then on the flip side, like that creates that opportunity, right. Sure. To, to set the bar, you know, somewhere else. So yeah, I, the, the bar is pretty low. Yeah. So <laughs> it doesn't take much to step over it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, if you're in that business, then great, you know, you can crush people with, yeah, with good clients. Being a, a normal human being and a good businessman, you know, yeah, exactly. doing the things that are, are, you don't have to think very hard about. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, Anthony, I've got a couple of questions to wrap this up. One more just around the industry. What are the the big challenges that you feel like we're we're facing right now that we really need to to solve quickly, you know, and, and really be working on? I think for us down here in Florida market, so I mean every every new job we're going to, you know, we are hearing clients with concerns, you know, how's the material shortages, how's the price escalation? And we don't sugarcoat it. We tell them, look, it exists. We've, you know, our suppliers beginning of the year, Q1, we were getting, you know, escalation notices probably every other week, metal studs, drywall. I mean, I bought all the studs and drywall for a project and kept it in an AC storage unit for almost a year because we were like chicken little, like everybody else, you know, we were afraid the sky was falling. I think, you know, that's a challenge on the owner front is kind of quelling those concerns but most people do understand like, look, we've seen the increases. It's not like by the time we get to your end of your job, you're looking at, you know, a 50% increase or anything like that. Like we've pretty much staved it off. You know, we're, we're in a good spot now. I mean, I don't know about you, but to see a $75 sheet of plywood, I was just like, wow, that's unbelievable. And then the other thing too, really for us is, is finding tradesmen. Yeah. You know, so in the South Florida market, the specialty trades. So, you know, building, mechanical, electrical, plumbing, fire sprinkler, those are all specialty individually licensed trades. And, you know, finding guys who have that same mindset, who have that same, you know, oh, wow, you actually showed up or you returned my phone call mindset, you know, it's not as easy as you think. And we really spent five years trying to cultivate relationships with trade partners who, respect us as much as we respect them. You know, and that's usually a pretty simple thing to do. Pay on time, be courteous. I make it a point myself and any new PM that I hire, look, we don't bring guys in before they're ready. I would rather tell a guy, we're not ready for you. Come back, you know, I'll call you at the end of the week. If we're ready for you, you come in and you can actually be productive rather than coming in and roughing three junction boxes and then you ran out of work and you got to come back again and again, you know, it's hard to make money. Like, so we like to say, if we're making money, our subs are making money, everybody's happy, you know, and, and that's really what we want. And I think that so many of the subs down here, 
go out with a guy for a beer, he can tell you a million horror stories about other general contractors. So I think that's something big that we're trying to overcome. We're trying to build a, a tight knit team that wants with us. And a lot of our guys have, you know, they've traveled further than they ever would just because it's for us. You know, that says a lot for us and we appreciate that, you know, from all of our, you know, hopefully they appreciate the fact that we respect their time as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Well, final question to wrap up, if you could leave our listeners, other remodelers like yourself with final words of wisdom or piece of advice, what would you want to leave us with? I think it's important for some of the younger guys who are coming out, who might be trying to find their way. We were in a, a group session a couple of weeks ago and the guy was actually an insurance broker, but he was working for somebody and he wasn't happy. And I literally could hear my story being told from the other side of the table. And I said to him, I said, look, you're a young guy. You know, you don't have a lot to lose. You know, get get your ducks in a row, have a plan, and then go for it. You know, it's possible. It's very possible. Just be a good person, work hard. This is America, you know, the, the land of the free. Anything is possible here. If you want it, you can do it. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. Great advice. Well, cool. Well, Anthony, I appreciate you joining me today and thanks for sharing your story with us. Thank you, Spencer. I appreciate your time. Be good. Thanks for tuning in to Remodeler Stories. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every month we pick a winner and send out a free copy of my book, The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. Just leave a review over on iTunes to enter to win. See you next time.